Oh, oh. Hello, this is Carl. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks heaps, Francine. No, no, no. I can't wait. Okay. Ta-ta. Hey, Mole. Guess who I was just on the phone with? Who? 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 That was Francine, who breeds dogs. And I'm probably going to be buying a super cute, in an ugly way, squashy-faced, bulgy-eyed pug. Oh. Um... Carl? In celebration of my potential new pup, today's episode is all about pugs, the cutest, most amazing dogs in the world. We should just watch YouTube videos of pugs for the next 20 minutes, or maybe come up with a perfect pug name. Yeah, Carl, well, we are doing a show about pugs today, but I hate to break it to you, we are actually looking at whether people should be able to buy pugs at all, whether pugs should even exist. Getting rid of pugs? What is wrong with you, Molly? What is wrong with this show? Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly! A broly poly bug. I'm a dog from outer space with a funny looking face. I'm a pug. I'm a little pug, a roly-poly bug. Of course we shouldn't get rid of pugs, Molly. They are without question the most adorable, ugly dogs around. There are even pug celebrities out there, Molly. You serious? Yeah, thousands of people follow pugs online. Little cuties like George and Teddy or Mr Biscuit. The incredible Doug the Pug has over one and a half million followers on Instagram. Uh, yes, he is dog by day, model by night. Doug the Pug. Basically, Doug's role on the internet is to make a lot of people happy. <laughs> oh, wow. Here in Australia, we have pug appreciation societies and our own pug superstars like Humphrey Bogart, a dapper little pug gentleman in Sydney. And his owner, Emily, has nothing but good things to say about him. Hi, I'm Emily, and my pug is called Humphrey. He is exactly what you'd expect from a pug, a little squishy face, a little curly tail, and oh, he's just an absolute bundle of joy. Humphrey pug! Yeah! You want a stick? Humphrey's really cheeky. He knows how to push our buttons, and if he finds he does something and it makes you laugh, he'll just keep doing it over and over because he loves the sound and he gets really excited. He has to be around humans all the time. He will follow you everywhere, and I mean everywhere. You can't even go to the bathroom in peace. Pugs follow you into the toilet? They like company, and have you noticed all the things you can buy with pugs on them? Like pencil cases, cushion covers, backpacks? Well, Humphrey's owner, Emily, has a collection of her own. I have mugs, pug mugs, I have lots of t-shirts, I have a dress actually that I bought the other day, which has lots of little pugs on it with bow ties. I've got, got necklaces, jewellery, aprons, tea towels, <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. Well, it's true, there is so much pug paraphernalia out there and I wouldn't mind a pug mug for myself and Humphrey is definitely a cool pup. But, Carl, the point of this episode isn't just that pugs are cute. Yeah, you're right. It's that they're the best dogs in the world. 
and here's a group of school children from Maryland's East Public who basically agree with me. They just look really cuddly, like a teddy bear that's alive. They're always just sitting around, not doing much. Uh, my pug's name is Dolly, and my pug likes to explore a lot. Their eyes are watery and like bubbly, and something about their squished up face makes them cute. Sometimes she gets in trouble, and then she shows her eyes. She gets too cute. <laughs> it's just her eyes. <laughs> I think pugs are creepy. Their faces are so wrinkly, but they're they're cute because they look they look stupid. <laughs> but it's like the the stupid cute. <laughs> we bought it from the place where people leave their dogs and they don't need them anymore. Then we came back and we were screaming a pug. I think it was the best day of my life. <laughs> oh my god, I've got pug fever. Getting a pug would probably be the best day of my life. They always look so sad slash unsure about things. They need my love. I've just got to get one. Carl, you know that I'm the dog expert around here, right? Well, yes. I mean, of course, but... So, allow me to demonstrate some expertise. Or rather, pug expertise. <laughs> History lesson with Molly Daniels. She's teaching history. Whoa, did, did you just write yourself a theme song, Molly? The pug is a very special breed of dog, and its origin stretches back thousands of years to ancient China. Pugs were highly prized in ancient Chinese society. Not only were they popular among the emperors of China, many were also given luxurious accommodation, and some were even guarded by soldiers. No way! Yes way. But they didn't always look just like they do today. Way back in the early days of the pug, their noses still poked out and their bodies weren't as stumpy. That is incredible. Yeah! But over the years, humans have chosen pugs with more unusual features and bred them together. The squashed faces, bulging eyes, rolls of flabby skin and curly tails. Adorable. I know, have all become more and more exaggerated because breeders found people loved owning a pug with all those things. They do look really cute now and they're great companion dogs, but the downside is... That you spend all your time hugging them? That's not what I was going to say. Oh. Have you heard the song Hug a Pug, Mull? No, Carl... Drop it. Hug a pug, hug a pug. I can't believe it. Humans made pugs. We're responsible for making the cutest, bestest, squishiest dogs ever. Yay! I'm gonna find myself a pug. Then hold it tight. Carl, stop. You're bad at singing. And don't you get it yet? Yes, humans made those cute, squashy faces. But that also created a bunch of dangerous problems too. You mean, like, melting my heart dangerous? Yes, but also, the structure of those faces actually makes it pretty tricky for pugs to breathe. Wait, what? No way. Their noses and throats are all pretty mucked up, so when they get too excited, they have problems getting air through. They can even faint. Oh my god. And there's more. Their big, dark eyes poke out too much, and this can cause all sorts of eye problems. 
Oh, that's horrible. But it's not really our fault. Yeah, it is. We've been designing dogs to look like that. What do you mean? How? Okay, say a dog breeder sees a pug with a very squashy, flat face. They take that dog and breed it with another super flat-faced pug. And then when that little pug is born, you breed him or her with more super flat-faced pugs. So they're like only letting the really flat-faced pugs make babies with other flat-faced pugs then? Yes, Carl, it's dog breeding. It's not a love story. And look, someone who knows a lot about pugs is vet Julia Crawford, who is from the Australian Veterinary Association. This is the first time that pop culture has taken a breed that was already a bit deformed and made it worse. The flat-faced dogs, we call them brachycephalic, and it means that all their features have been squished up, seriously squished up, which includes their nose and their eyes are, are forward-facing and quite often quite poppy, and their throat is also squished up. We're seeing people come in and, and these little dogs can't go out in the middle of the day. They're walking them when it's cold. They can't regulate their temperature properly because they can't pant properly because and they overheat so easily. And, and then they often have to have surgery because they have so much trouble breathing. And remember Emily, who owns Humphrey Bogart? She also knows a lot about the health problems of pugs. When we first got Humphrey, we knew that there might be some health issues. And when he was about six months old, we were at the vet and they recommended he get his nostrils widened. He was born with quite small nostrils and that would just be a way to help him breathe, which we did. And he was fine for about another year and a half or so. And we were at a pug meet, actually. And it was summer, they were all running around and Humphrey came back and sort of walked past me and his breathing was so strained and laboured back to the vet and he was a prime candidate for soft palate surgery. So basically what happens is the soft palate is too big for their little mouth and it overlaps over the air passage. It means that they don't get enough air through so they're constantly sucking it at the air as hard as they can. And if you don't do anything, it can actually cause much bigger problems because it's putting pressure all the way down their system into their lungs and the arteries, the heart, everything has to work harder because they can't get the air in. So it was just not even a a thought for us straight away. We booked him in overnight surgery and he recovered really well. And since then, he's happy as Larry and, and a really healthy dog. These aren't benign surgeries, you know, you're cutting into very vascular tissue at the back of the throat and you're making changes to the larynx. And and there can be massive swelling, there can be some nasty side effects. It's not, you know, there's so many nerves and muscles and blood vessels in that area that something could go wrong. And so it's it's not a simple surgery. Julia Crawford, who has one of my dream jobs, she's a vet. I can't believe dog breeders have changed pugs so much over the years, breeding flatter and flatter-faced dogs. Matt Beard, our short and curly philosopher, do you think there are problems with dog breeding? Anytime we're trying to alter animals or alter nature to suit our needs, that's the wrong thing to do because we're using animals as though they were just tools when they're not. But what's specific about pugs is that some people see the level of suffering that they experience as being too high to justify that 
the breathing issues that they have and the surgeries they suffer mean that it would actually be preferable for these animals not to have existed, that they experience more pain than they do pleasure over the course of their lives. But many pug owners take really good care of their pugs and take them to the vet when they do need those health problems fixed. It's a real challenge when we're looking at a system where some creatures benefit and they do really well and others don't. And we have to try and weigh those things and work out whether it's actually fair and whether every creature in that system has the chance to do really well and has the chance to live really well. So does every pug that's bred have the chance to benefit or is it only pugs who are owned by wealthy people who can afford the surgeries and those sort of things who are going to do well? Because that doesn't seem very fair. Many pugs don't have any health problems or very few anyway. So how do we work out when there's a problem with the whole breed? It's a really hard question to answer, and it's got to do with how we manage risk. So when we're not certain whether something's going to happen or not, we're dealing with a situation where it's it's a risk that a pug might suffer, but it also might not. And how we balance those things out involves a few different factors. We need to look at the likelihood that it will occur. We need to be sure that we've taken all the possible steps to prevent that thing from occurring. And that's where things get hard with pugs because it seems like we're breeding to increase the likelihood of health issues arising. And that's where stuff gets complicated. We have covered a lot of ground. I think it's time to take a break and mull over today's thinking question. Yep, feel free to stop the show for a minute to think or talk. And our question is, at this stage in the show, what are you thinking? Should we keep breeding pugs or not? Hit pause now. Well, obviously for me, the answer is still yes. We still need to breed them because I still want a pug of my very own. Yeah, Carl, you want a lot of things. Here's what a group of smart young pups had to say about whether we should keep breeding pugs. I think no, because the pugs are in pain when they can't breathe and then they're sad and then it's kind of not fair breeding them. I think they should keep breeding pugs but they should have the doctor put something in them to help them breathe easier because it would be hard for them and also the owners would have to pay a lot of um, vet fees to help their pugs. We should breed pugs because maybe there will be a problem with it. The pugs, but there's like 50-50 chance. I think they should stop breeding pugs, but not completely, so the um, breed doesn't go extinct. And raise the price of pugs so the people that have more money know that they can afford the surgeries. See, Carl, so we've got a lot of different people with a lot of... Oh, sorry, it's it's just Francine calling about my maybe new pug. Hi, Francine. (laughs) Oh, that, that's great. And, and the puppies, they're, they're doing well? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm still interested. I'm, I'm just hearing some new information that I've got to look through. So I need a bit more time to think about all the issues around getting a lovely pug. Yeah, of course, of course. Just, just give the pugs a kiss for me. I'll, I'll call you back soon. Bye. Carl, are you still thinking about buying a pug? Also, can you not take a call in the middle of a show? It's extremely unprofessional. So you say. 
Well, I'm still completely in love with the little dudes, and the fact that they have health problems just makes me want to take care of them. I want to be like Emily, the owner of Humphrey. I mean, she's one of those people who would buy a pug and take care of it properly. Well, yeah, she really did think about it properly and then bought her pug. So what did she say about weighing those things up then? She can tell you herself. Our decision to get a pug was a lot to do with what they look like, as well as the personality and the temperament, and that it would suit our lifestyle. I do think there are a lot of problems that humanity as a whole has been quite arrogant and said, yeah, we, this is really cute. We want to make it look cuter. Let's squish it up. Let's put it in a tinier package. I mean, you can get teacup animals, and sometimes I think, have we taken it too far? I have to admit, when we first thought about getting a pug we had reservations in that well my mum actually said maybe it's not a good idea they have so many breathing problems and she was really concerned she was very against us because he had the flat face and for us the flat face is partly what makes them cute but it's all the other things around it um would we still love a dog if it didn't have a flat face yeah of course so i think if you do your research and your homework and you know the risks, you understand the importance of having a good vet, having pet insurance and knowing what might have to happen down the track and being prepared to take those steps, then there's no reason why your pug can't have a long and happy life with no problems. See, it is a massive commitment. Yeah, I suppose. And on top of that, have you thought about whether it's an ethical thing to encourage people to keep breeding pugs? I mean, if people keep wanting to buy pugs, then breeders are going to keep breeding them. And can we justify dog breeding at all? I mean, aren't we just kind of playing God by doing this? Matt Beard, is this a problem? Well, I think that's a really big question, but in some ways, now that we have played God, we might have a responsibility to keep doing it to try and undo some of the harms that we've been doing. So we can use all of the clever tricks of selective breeding to actually breed dogs that have more healthy characteristics and try to breed out some of the more unhealthy ones that we've been talking about for this episode. So now that we've started, I think it would be irresponsible to just wash our hands of it. We have to keep going and try and fix what we've done. Thank you, Matt Beard. So you see, Carl, it's bigger than... Oh, sorry. It's, it's just my phone again. Uh, hey, Francine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you rang. Look, I was just wondering, how, how flat are the parents' faces and how, how are they breathing? And, and what do you have in the way of maybe like a crossbreed, maybe a, a puggle or a juggle? Okay, okay, thanks, Francine. Carl, stop taking personal calls. Bye, Francine. Sorry. Carl. I didn't want to have to do this, but I think maybe you need to hear directly from the source about how nasty these problems can be. No way. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. We've been talking about him all day, and now he is in the building. Humphrey Bogart, in person. Can you say that about a pug? I'm going to say it. In person. <gasps> Humphrey, tell Carl how difficult it is living in your cute little smushy pug body. Uh, um, Molly, I, I don't think he can... Uh, he says that he has really fun owners who love him. <coughs> he also says that every time he looks in the mirror, 
He thinks he looks quite handsome with his smushy face wrinkles. Mm. Mm. But he has seen many of his friends suffering from breathing difficulties and it is not a fun way to live your life. Mm-hmm. Molly, th- this is really cute, but it's it's also kind of ridiculous. I mean, Carl, Humphrey Bogart says that he is what he is. Oh, ooh, and he makes the point that pugs are not the only dogs that have health problems caused by human breeding practices. That is a good point, Humphrey. Oh, ooh, and Carl, he has something he wants to tell you. Really? Humphrey, what is it? Humphrey says... <laughs> yes! I think so too. Should I really say that? Yeah, yeah, no. You know what? I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, Carl, he says your singing is also really, really bad. Oh, oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, he says it. Oh, he says you are one of the nicest humans alive. Oh, Humphrey. <laughs> Humphrey, thank you. That's really nice. But Molly, when did you learn how to speak pug? I majored in it on the internet. Thank you, Humphrey. It's been an honour. <laughs> now that we've heard the facts, Carl, do you think you'll get a pug? Well, uh, that whole bizarre interview aside, I-, I honestly don't know. Maybe you should decide for me, Molly. Even better idea, why don't we get our listeners to decide? <gasps> That's your best idea today, Molly. Should I or shouldn't I? Please think carefully because getting a dog is a major life decision that'll affect me for many years. So, should Carl get a pug or not? Pause the show and have a think. Hit pause now. And of course, I'd love to hear whether you think I should get a pug or not, and why. So, if you want to contact us directly, go to the Short and Curly website. And when you get to our website, scroll down to the bottom left section of our front page and you'll find the spot to write to Short and Curly. Hey, and if you look up this episode, you'll see there's even a picture of Molly and I having a little cuddle with Humphrey Bogart. Oh, and Carl, did you see that Matthew in Shanghai wrote to us via our Short and Curly website about our firefighting show to say he'd save me first in a fire if he had to choose between you and me because I'm younger and a woman. What's up? Thanks a lot, Matthew. I'm not even that much older than Molly. Depends if we're talking dog years or human years. Also, Ella wrote to us about her two favourite episodes on eating your pet and should celebrities keep it real. She also told us that she loves pugs, so this show goes out to you, Ella. And whatever I do decide today, I know I've been helped by the ideas that came from Maryland's East Public School. So special thanks to Saad, Lemma, Mohit, Mariam and Ella. Finally, it would be impossible for me to finish today without thanking the amazing, gorgeous, squishy-faced, fabulous Humphrey Bogart for coming in and taking part in this episode. Carl, before you go, Nicole Dollenganger has written a love song for her pug and I think you'll relate.
The kind I spent my whole life dreaming 